0: I think really the worth in these psychedelics is simply that they allow you to triangulate upon reality. I mean, in other words, if all you've got is awake and asleep, you can't go far with that. But if you've got awake, asleep, and DMT as points, you can build a much more dimensionally rich model of consciousness.
1: Welcome back, St. Louis. Let's get your mind right with Craig Kohler and Stephen Elgin. This is Who's Your Sophisticate on WGN
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Who's a here on WGNU 920 AM, WGNU920AM.com. Stream us live at Facebook, YouTube, uh, anywhere you can find us. Uh, We are joined right now on the phones with a Johns Hopkins, Associate Professor of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences, Dr. Matthew Johnson. How are you, sir?
3: I'm doing good. How are you guys? Excellent. Doing really well you know it's nice to uh thank you so much for coming on the show it's great to have you on here because we talk uh you know we're on terrestrial radio here in st louis and we're psychedelics we talk about cannabis uh legalization we kind of just talk about out of the box type things so it's always excellent to have an actual doctor on here kind of kind of breaking this down for us um how did you you know i always try to start out with this question where how did you find yourself on this path that you're on with psychedelics
0: Yeah, I stumbled across this kind of like hidden history back when I was an undergraduate, this earlier research that happened from the 50s through the early 70s that was um, uh, done with mainly LSD, but really promising research that had really just been buried and not for any really credible reasons. It was largely through just associations with the counterculture and not, not really concerns about whether this... The research could be done safely, um, but just a lot of bogus, you know, reasons. And so it seemed like a really attractive area. And so I was able to, to 15 years ago, um, get involved early on. Right after I finished my Ph.D., um, start some, uh, uh, some research with psilocybin myself, where I was doing my postdoctoral work here at Johns Hopkins, and I've been able to continue that like for 15 years ever since, and it's sort of like um, it's worked out because there's not a lot of funding for that work, and it's sort of on the side, even though we've gotten a heck of a lot done. But, you know, I sort of have a day job in terms of my research and in terms of things that kind of bring in most of the research dollars to kind of keep my job going. But, um, yeah, the psychedelics are clearly the most promising side of my research and an area of just incredible interest um, a lot of potential there.
2: So, so let me ask you, doctor, uh, for our fans out there, can you explain what it is that you're, that you're kind of honing in on as far as, uh, how, how psychedelics can hurt, can help people, uh, psycho- you know, with, with psychiatric conditions or mm-hmm. whether that's depression, what exactly does your research having you look into?
0: So we, we've done a number of trials with you know, so-called healthy normals, that is people without a problem to fix.
1: Healthy um, normals. And,
0: and also therapeutics. <laughs> and the two area of therapeutics that we have looked at are helping people um, quit smoking. So these are tobacco cigarette smokers that, um, like most adult smokers in the U.S., um, they want to quit. And they've just kind of been able, unable to kind of make that work for them long term. So, um, that's where my interests are, not in convincing someone to change, you know, something that they view as an acceptable risk, but, you know, something that they want to do but haven't been able to muster up enough, uh, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, long term stability in their behavior to, to make that a reality. So, giving them the tools uh, needed to, to make that happen. And so then the other area would be, um, um, Depression, um, that's most of the work that I've done in that area has been with cancer patients. So we published a big trial in 51 people a couple years ago that looked at cancer patients with with strong depression and or anxiety associated with their cancer. So these are, uh, and they didn't necessarily have to be terminal, but it had to be a serious diagnosis that had um, an impact on their quality of life. And a good chunk actually, in fact, were, you know, terminal. They had, you know, a diagnosis that, uh, yeah, didn't suggest that they would, you know, sure. be around for, for long, unfortunately. And, and so you can get some real life impairment um, in those existential areas. Um, we're also re- doing some research now with depression outside of cancer. Um, but that's a little bit earlier stage of, of research.
3: No, it's amazing. You you mentioned earlier how, uh, you know, you are you were kind of uh, influenced by some of the studies they had done earlier, you know, 40s, 50s, uh, you know, some of the studies that you, you kind of start to hear about now. Um, but one of the recent studies I, I had seen was... Uh, LSD had the brain uh, activated in certain areas and it was like communicating with different parts. Uh, Being a layman, I tried to understand it best I could. Are we seeing anything like that with uh, psilocybin? And I thought it was interesting that... It was the first of its kind that had been done in a while with a, a you know some sort of brain um, <clears throat> scanning you know equipment. Uh, yeah, and so uh, have we seen anything of of how this is working, how it's helping with depression, right. how it's getting people to quit smoking? You know, what's your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, yeah, I can give you the brief rundown on that. So one question you answered is, does psilocybin look the same? Um, yeah, and that's that's part of the exciting. Um, the excitement here is that a picture is emerging. These these drugs that we call classic psychedelics, like LSD and psilocybin, we've known for a while that their primary the primary receptor that they activate is the same. But of course, that's just one domino in a long change, a long chain of like biological changes that 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 that, that are triggered. And then there are other receptors that are involved, but big picture in terms of what you see happening in the brain, one of the most meaningful levels of analysis is that both psilocybin and LSD um, cause uh, globally an increase in synchronization across different brain areas. So you can think of a lot of brain activity is sort of compartmentalized. It's kind of like an office where, okay, you're one branch and we're going to have you guys focus on one thing. And don't worry about what the other guys down the hall are doing because that's going to you do your thing and then, you know, kind of we'll get together every once in a while and kind of, you know, in a central planning meeting. But for the most part, you're doing your own thing. You folks are doing your own thing over there. And now all the – so by analogy, now all of a sudden on the psychedelic. There's a lot of crosstalk across those areas that are normally doing their own thing. So this is probably associated with a lot of the – what people describe as insights or just novel ways of, of viewing problems. And, and also associated with some of the perceptual effects like synesthesia, which is the bleeding across senses. Sure. Um, and so and, – and, and, and this – these interesting mystical type effects such as the sense of unity, feeling a a oneness. Um, And and in fact, something connected to that is that even though you see an overall increase level of connection across these brain areas or a synchronization in the activity across these brain areas, you actually see the reverse in a particular area called the default mode network. And this is a small number of brain areas that are associated with the sense of self so thinking about yourself thinking about your past projecting yourself into the future imagining what you might do you're ruminating on yourself you're daydreaming that area is more active when all that stuff is going on when one is on psycho on a psychedelic such as psilocybin or lsd those areas and the synchronization across those areas that's associated with um you know thinking about the self in all those ways all of a sudden, that synchronization stops, or it's severely decreased. So that network-level activity or synchronization that's associated with having a sense of self goes away. And that's fascinating, because now we have a biological signature of what was has been described for yeah, 60, 70 years with terms like ego death, with using this older but you know less empirically validated language, this more Freudian language of this you know, thing called the ego, well, now we see a biology associated with the sense of self is strongly affected by psychedelics. Now, where the unknown meets the known is, what are the long-term effects uh, on that? And we don't know that yet. We know those fascinating things happen acutely. What we don't know is, what does the brain look like six months from now, after the where we know behaviorally... Oftentimes the person has very much changed, and they said, "Well, this has caused a, sh- a shift in my life, and I, I, you know, I feel you know different in these ways, and uh, I'm no longer depressed, or I'm not smoking." And you could see, you know, through biological verification, you have them breathe through a machine and give a urine sample. You could prove that they haven't been smoking, but you know, it. What's going on in the brain that might underlie that? Change life perspective so that's what we don't know yet but we suspect there might be some long-term changes of this type that are no doubt different than what you see acutely i mean people aren't going around having psychedelic type overt effects you know in the long term but is there something is there a resettling of those systems do they is it like kind of shaking up the tectonic plates but now they've settled down into a more sustainable you know Position, something like that by analogy.
3: That's incredible. That's, that and, is awesome. I, you, you brought
2: up uh, how you got into it and, and discovering a lot of past research. And today is what some people know as Bicycle Day, uh, where Albert yeah. Hoffman found uh, synthesized, I guess, LSD. Happy, Happy Bicycle Day. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Bicycle Day. Happy Bicycle Day. Yeah. So we're talking about uh, – you're talking about that. I wonder – You said that LSD and psilocybin have a a similar effect with making the brain brain hemispheres communicate with one another. Can you extrapolate that out to different psychedelics? Are there – do you see this as a a – a, a growing field in science where more people are coming to this because it was so um, promising in the psychiatric world in the 50s and 60s. Timothy Leary being a, a big time, you know, uh, name in the psychology world and developing tests to put people in groups. I wonder, do you call on that past research? And is there a group of peers that is growing to the point where there is a lobby talking to our lawmakers? Um I know this is a lot of questions in one, but you know, is is it growing right. so much that yeah. this information is becoming so prevalent over the whole psychi- you know, the whole psychiatric spectrum that we have people talking to politicians for us about what we can do with laws?
0: Sure, sure. I can hit some of those, and feel free to remind me if you've you've maxed out the limits of my working memory capacity, if I forgot some of those questions, but, like, uh, (laughs) one of them is, what about other psychedelics? So it seems to be, like, the same basic picture is going on with what we call the classic psychedelics. So that also includes not only LSD and psilocybin, but also DMT, dimethyltryptamine, which is in ayahuasca, um uh, sometimes people use it by itself. It's often smoked.
3: Darn right um, they do.
0: <laughs> and and, and mescaline, which is in it's probably the case. We know less about this, but it's a it's it's probably a very good case that this is the underlying story for all of the classic psychedelics. So mescaline is in peyote and other cacti like San Pedro and, and Peruvian torch. Um but now the, the, there there are other kind of compounds that are sometimes called psychedelic, but they're not classic psychedelics. They work in a fundamentally different way than those other ones. Um, this is like ketamine, MDMA, um, salvia divinorum. And so we know less about those in terms of um, uh, brain network activity and the degree to which this kind of story um, about the acute change in sense of self holds up. But um, – Let's see. In terms of the whether we touch upon the older research, absolutely. Um, this, you know, we're. Uh, I've been in this field for fifteen years, and and typically my my scientific papers will have citations going back to the nineteen fifties to the sixties. And you know, folks have heard of Tim Leary, but he was in fact one. He was actually kind of late to the game in a way in, in psychedelic research back in the day, and so you had. Um, had a whole host of characters. Uh, one of my favorite is Humphrey Osmond. He actually coined the term psychedelic um, through his core, uh, uh, correspondence with Aldous Huxley. Um, you have uh, Abram Hoffer and Sidney Cohen, and all of these, they, they weren't quite as wild as Leary. Who, in fact, was a wild man long before he ever touched a psychedelic. So, that's an interesting part of this history. It wasn't that he went kind of off the deep end because of psychedelics. Like, he was kicked out of two universities long before he ever did anything with psychedelics or took a psychedelic. So, it seemed to be, you know, Leary was Leary. And a lot of these kind of more, um, you know, less sensationalistic folks. You know they 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 liked Leary, but they begged him to like tone it down a bit, (laughs) not to not to scare folks, not to tone Timothy Leary down. And then once he left academia, then it was like then it was just on. Then he was like
2: he was hanging out with Hell's Angels, breaking (laughs) out of prison.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, and then like you mentioned the personality test. I love the i the the story where he uh, which it's it was a true story apparently like where he was required to take a personality uh, test in prison to determine what level of security he was assigned. And he was, in fact, the developer of that personality test, so he knew exactly what (laughs) answers to put down. (laughs) That's awesome. He was a well-respected personality researcher um, before he ever got into psychedelic research. But he did some – to be clear, he did some good research with psychedelics. He really was important, and he wasn't the first to come up with it, but he really was the most powerful voice for emphasizing – this effect of set and setting on on psychedelics and how you get these more mystical type, um, sometimes called spiritual experiences in a particular setting with a, a very high level of interpersonal support. So he did a lot to articulate articulate that in particular. And even though he was criticized in some of his methods and he had some creative statistics and whatnot, but nonetheless, he had some early interest that seemed to be. He might have been onto something in terms of criminal uh, uh, criminal recidivism reform. I did some survey research with my colleague Peter Hendricks at University of Alabama Birmingham that suggested that people who have used psychedelics in their lifetime are in, the, in a parolee type system are less likely to recommit crimes compared to people who haven't. So, in terms of Leary's interest in using psychedelics to help people with a criminal past to rehabilitate. You know, it's early, but he may have been on to something.
3: Yeah, well, that's cute. How are we supposed to keep the prisons full, buddy? <laughs> we're going to try to get them out of there. Um, um, I got 30 questions in a row for you, yeah, so pay like attention it. if you thought Craig's were bad. Be sure to maximize my work yeah. now. <laughs> um, you mentioned spirituality. Um, I always find it, you know, I was, I'm was. i a good little Catholic boy. I grew up, and, and any time I had questions, they were like, mm, faith, buddy. Just it's faith. you got to believe it. So I think, you know, seeing the brain scans of what's happening uh, with being on a psychedelic, and you said, that sense of oneness are we figuring out that spirituality can maybe be measured on on some sort of um, you know EKG or whatever
0: uh, essentially so yeah yeah and, okay. and in fact I think that's one of the, the many one of the many powerful ways in which psychedelics can, can contribute to science so completely outside of their ability to service therapeutics um, it's just their use as research tools. And these are very powerful uh, ways of probing the brain and exploring the nature of consciousness, exploring um, a a number of questions. And in fact, people have used the term outside of psychedelics of of neurotheology, like the idea that there may be an underlying um, basis for spiritual – spiritual and I don't even want to say thinking or beliefs, but spirituality might be a better way of saying it. There might be a, a, an underlying basis to spiritual experience that goes across religion, across cultures, across languages. We know this psychologically, and we've known that actually. William James, you know, most people have heard of the founder of American psychology a hundred years ago. He was early, an early um, person who was fascinated with this, the idea that, the, the, the really strong accounts of spiritual experiences across time, across cultures, whether it's a Muslim from this century or a Jewish person from that century, a Christian from that – you know, a, a Buddhist from here, this part of the world, they seem to share a lot of core uh, similarities, a sense of oneness, a sense of having transcendent time and space, a sense of ineffability. In other words, no matter no – How much I describe this, I'm never fully putting this into words. It is beyond words. Um, A a sense of gnosis. In other words, there's a self-validating aspect to the experience. It's as real or more real than everyday reality. An overwhelming sense of positivity. So these core characteristics seem to pervade spiritual, very salient spiritual experiences from all of these different centuries from different languages, and in fact that's been well studied in the psychology of religion. There's a there's a debate it's called perennialism perennialism, and there's a debate in terms of whether the religions all stem from a core mystical experience of this nature but there are some that that believe that, that that's the case. Of course some of these questions are there, there may ultimately never be a question you know, they're buried in not just history, but prehistory. But nonetheless, it's like the psychology is further along than the, along than the biology. But biologically, we now, especially with the psychedelics, have an emerging, emerging science of seeing how those experiences unfold. Because what's fascinating with psychedelics is you, the experiences that people often have on psychedelics that fit this category of mystical experience appear indistinguishable by their features from the non-drug experiences of this nature that have been described throughout the centuries. And now scientists have been interested in those experiences, and and they're they're more common than people realize. It's not uncommon for someone to have one of those types of experiences once or twice in their life, which is amazing enough. Like, again, not from drugs, but just out of the blue. You know, one feels like in this incredible flow state, like they're one with the universe, etc., But then it's quite another thing to say in terms scientifically, in terms of what you can do with it to say, okay, let's schedule that experience for next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Now all of a sudden you can have prospective research where we can look before and after and look to see whether it was just a plus expectation effect by comparing it to placebo or another compound. And then we can delve in, like we can have you do that while you're in an fMRI magnet. you know, you're probably not going to be in an in a fMRI if this happens like once or twi- twice at a random time in your life. Um, so it just – it opens up just – so in this realm of neurotheology of the idea that there may be – and we don't – I can't say that this is scientific consensus, that this is true, but it's at least a probe into this potential uh, idea that there is – a biology that underlies spirituality across people because it's amazing you look back across cultures across time and it's like humans do certain things they interact in social groups they you know they eat together they do that they raise their kids they teach they do people and they transcend cultures they eat and Muslims. one of the things people do is like form religions and have spiritual experiences it seems that that probably served an evolutionary function, and there's probably biology behind that. And maybe these psychedelics are kind of just turning up the gain. And you guys are probably in a in a studio, you know. and It's like mm-hmm. you, you've got all the audio controls. You can turn the gain up, a pot switch, you know. You can, you know. It, it, I kind of think of this as turning up the gain on that bio, biological system. The potential of having one of those types of experiences when you load someone up on a high dose of a psychedelic.
1: Yeah, well, the Manson analogy. family started a religion on LSD. Oh, they That's did. Interesting.
0: <laughs> right, which is a good example of the dark side <laughs> and the example that, you know, the, the, so much of what you get is not just inherent in the drug but so much part of the set and setting. And, uh, um, wow. and, and there can be a dark side too, like any other powerful tool. Um, oh, and it may have been that, they, that, the, that the drug use facilitated a sense of group cohesion within their group even though they had this, like, you know, maniacal, you know, twisted by his leadership, this maniacal vision of, you know, how they related to other people and what they needed to go do. Um, But, yeah, yeah, you know, so you have, just like spirituality itself, you can look to any number of examples of, you know, gosh, there's countless, you know, the Branch Davidians, any number of examples where this kind of basic tendency towards spirituality is taken in a really perverse direction.
3: Well, now I got the blueprint for my own cult.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Doc, we had a a question uh, from one of our fans uh, before we got here, and they wanted to know, uh, is there anybody studying the effect on people with neurodiversity like autism and psychedelics?
0: Oh, so the closest thing is MDMA, which is a type of psychedelic. It's usually not considered a classic psychedelic, but um, Alicia Danforth and Charlie Grobe. Um, are conducting some research on autistic people on the autism spectrum with social anxiety, which apparently is a, a lot of the quality of life issues that can come with the autism spectrum is the social anxiety that comes with it. And so they have, they have reported positive results um, in helping people long-term through an MDMA experience. So, yeah, there, there is – it's early, um, but it, it, it actually looks promising that, that, that MDMA could be used to help people in, with certain aspects of autism.
3: Oh, that's it's amazing. We're just at the tip of the iceberg. I feel like for all of this information, Uh, as far as like your scientific circles go, because I love your passion. Like you can hear it in your voice. You're fired up. It's firing us up where we get fired up about it all the time. Um, Are you familiar with Terrence McKenna real quick? uh, Inner inner question there.
0: Terrence McKenna, never heard of him. Because <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was like, man, this guy is going to be our new Terrence McKenna. I love this guy. But in the scientific yeah. world?
0: D- d- I've probably spent too too, too much time uh, listening to Terrence McKenna. Uh, hey, there's nothing wrong with a, that. Uh, audio clips. And I've read a couple of his books, too.
3: Uh, Food of the Gods?
0: Um. Yeah, yeah. Invisible Landscape and, oh, what's the, Food of the Gods? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: Yeah, yeah. Do, does the, you know, are you considered like the, the, the mushroom scientist or whatever? Are your other scientist buddies like, oh man, I'm trying to cure cancer over here. You're messing around with mushrooms, buddy. Or or do you use synthesized psilocybin?
0: Yeah. How does that work? So we use synthesized, so I'd have to say, you know, there's, there's, there's a number of researchers so it's 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 a great it's it's a great field to be in because it is growing it's it we are in our infancy but it's growing and i have a number of great universities it's a handful of labs across the world but it's growing and so so anyway um just to describe kind of the landscape but um uh yeah it's it's synthetic psilocybin that we've done our our research with there. Um, you know, there are potential questions, actually, that one could look at comparing synthetic psilocybin to mushrooms. That's actually research that we could do if there was a funding present for it. Um, there, There's probably, a, you know, there's a stronger case to be made. It may not be the case as let me start When you look at something like cannabis, it's a pretty clear case that there's more going on than just THC. So you have cannabidiol, yeah. and in fact, a, a number of other um, psychoactives that 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 do make whole plant cannabis different than just THC. There's less of a case to be made, even though we should do the research, and we don't really. This is kind of just extrapolating from what's known. There's pro, that's probably not the case with mushrooms because you have such a such low levels of other compounds so there's things like baocysteine and norbaocysteine which are also present in mushrooms but they're at such low levels they probably don't contribute much to the effects but they could it's an unknown um there's also psilocin which is is psilocybin after it's lost its phosphoryl it's dephosphorylated um but that's essentially the same as psilocybin because psilocybin it's pretty convincing, the science on this, that it's immediately converted to psilocin in the body anyway. So the mushroom contains psilocin and psilocybin, but all of the psilocybin is turned right to psilocin when it's in the body anyway, and then it's always psil- psilocin that's hitting the brain receptors. So that might be too much in the weeds, but uh, no, that's, no, that's
2: actually I was I actually yes. had Zillosa pulled up on my
3: phone. I was going to ask you about that. I've and never I'm, seen Craig smile so hard is, in is, all of my you life. You know, A lot of
2: people get starstruck. <laughs> I've been rambling with all of my questions. A lot of people are starstruck by, you know, uh, musicians, pop and, stars. And, yeah, I'm sitting here talking to a psychedelic researcher, <laughs> choking on my words, yeah, he's
3: dying trying over to her. figure out what I want to ask you,
2: because I want to ask you a million. things. I can
3: tell his brain is just cooking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, right I'm now. actually fried right now. Uh, <laughs> And so, one thing we, I
2: was we may wondering doing our is right when, now. when they look at uh, <laughs> things like you know, uh, amanita muscaria or something like that, where they say it's really not um, psychedelic until it's it's broken down, like with ibotenic acid. Is are there studies being done with that where they kind of extrapolate? Excuse me, extract medicine from like an amanita muscaria and then have it have it uh, gone through a process like that?
0: There's re- there's this. A- there's really no research into the psychoactive effects of Amanita muscaria. And so, yes, yeah, Ibotenic acid is the presumed primary active agent. Um, there's really uh, – the, the most interesting uh, uh, readings I, I've had on, on that are from Jonathan Ott. Um, he has a book, Pharmacotheon, which is just a – gosh, it's a massive volume on all sorts of – for more of a of a – kind of anthropological, kind of in the field, you know, you know, taking these things with the natives, so to speak, um, uh, he and a lot of other folks have described it as like, yeah, that's not really a psychedelic. They'll say, actually, one for- mushroom foraging expert, I think uh, Larry Evans, described it this way, oh, yeah, Amanita muscaria. Yeah, that's that. That's when you wake up in two days in the woods, forgetting how you got there, having pissed on yourself, and wondering what's going on. Like, do you want to call that a psychedelic? Yeah, that sounds like
3: a blast. Yeah, that's it's just like like Jim Beam, that every, every weekend. The Jim Beam mushroom—that's a good one.
2: I know we're running out of time with you. Uh, one of the questions that I just tried to smash into that first one, and you were you were talking about how it is a growing field uh, with these peers. We know there's groups like Maps out there, but is there? Do, can we be encouraged that there is a like a lobby? of intellects like yourself, intellectuals like yourself that are, you know, speaking to our politicians, our lawmakers. Um, I know Denver's got a decriminalization movement coming up. Um, Is that something that you're seeing happen throughout academia?
0: Um, Yeah. So there's there's people that that that, you know, there's various points of contact. And and so for example, I'm going to be down there talking with folks at the FDA um, uh, a week from now. Um, they have some questions on on psychedelics, and they're seeing more and more applications. So there are various points of it's getting more and more represented at mainstream scientific meetings, often which are also um, attended by you know people from you know NIH and and, and FDA and DEA, and so. There are, there's a lot of you know points of formal contact so and i think michael pollan's book uh changing your mind has kind of turned a lot of uh i didn't mean that by now you know turned a lot of people on turned a lot of people onto the uh, you know <laughs> j- just the idea that this could there's a legitimate science to this area and this isn't about and and, and a science that is well rooted in, in recognizing like yes there are risks like all other powerful tools and like all medications or drugs, but we know enough about those risks and we know enough about the safeguards you can implement to address those risks. And there's so much to be learned and there's so much potential to help people with disorders like depression and addiction, you know, where we need so much room for improvement. So I think it's all very promising. I think, um, uh, yeah, 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 there are – there was a a senator who, um, through – One of the scientific organizations, APA, I was contacted uh, a couple weeks ago about someone from a a senator's staff who was interested in asking the NIH director about psychedelics and why we aren't aren't funding any. So they kind of got my input on that. So yeah, I think there's there's all sorts of reason to be encouraged in that there are some points of contact with the powers to be to kind of open up and really. See how, how these tools can be used to benefit society when applied appropriately.
3: Dr. Johnson, I've, I'm so fired up. This is one of the greatest interviews. I could talk to you for days. You're probably just about done with me. Um, that's usually about a half an hour. You haven't
0: gotten to my boring stories yet. Just like <laughs> oh, I, I, I will eat.
3: It. I'll eat your boring stories up. Okay, <laughs> sir. Um, I, I want to know how can like uh, people like us get involved? You know, I know Maps has like a mailing list or whatever you can do to get involved with them. Is there anything we can do to maybe like become guinea pigs for you? So yeah, yeah you I'll can do. check out.
0: <laughs> you can check out we we have a we revamped our website here at Johns Hopkins uh for our psychedelic research recently so if you you check out um, hopkinspsychedelic.org you can see um the current studies we have going on and if you might want to check out volunteering for a study you can see what studies we've done in the past you can see um uh, you can sign up uh, for uh, uh, a regular newsletter. So, yeah, check us out at HopkinsPsychedelic.org. I'm in love.
1: This is <laughs> I'm in love <laughs> with I'm not even I'm Like I, I'm embarrassed by
0: how I haven't been able to get anything out. Uh, I would
2: love to have you on the show again and follow up with you. Dr. Johnson, thank you so much for joining us. You've been a wealth of knowledge, man. It's awesome. You're
0: welcome. I'd love to do it again. Sounds great. Thanks, fun. Thanks much. That was that was so oh,
2: awesome. He's so awesome. I'm such a God. bumbling idiot in front of people you that I truly fine. idolize. You were it's, it's, I'm like this guy's this guy's carrying the torch. No, I know. I need these, we need these doctors. I believe in this so much. Like we we talk a lot about cannabis. We talk about how it can help people and I truly believe that psilocybin and you know different hallucinogens can cure a mental illness problem that I think is running rampant throughout the world.
3: More commercials, right? And I just think
2: it's, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, we, yes, we do have to, we are up, we, against, we it. Are up against it. <laughs> we are up against so it. We are up against it. Even You're if we
3: to whisper, to i and then Craig stopped talking. I know, yeah, I,
2: I, I appreciate it. It's it's great. <laughs> that God, I love the technical aspect but, of some of these shows. But I, I, I believe, I believe oh, that man, I believe psilocybin is going to be just as healing as cannabis in a totally different area of health. A
3: deep, Healing. Totally sir. different
2: area of health. We have there there are very there's very much a mental health crisis going on as the world becomes more populated. Who are we in that little world? In that great big world. What what are we? Well, I think this is one of the things that's going to help us out. Hearing a Johns Hopkins professor talk about it is so inspiring. Let's jump to break. He's into it too. He's man. totally into it. What was it? Hopkins
3: Yeah, we can be guinea pigs. Guys, without Without Lifetime Roofing and and James Carlton Roof-hmm. and Romed Canco and Rose Extermination, we couldn't have interviews like this. So please help help them help.
2: I think I just uh, lost you there for a second. That's cool, guys. Let's it jump wasn't... the break real quick. On the other side, we'll give you some streaming picks and maybe a little password to the cotillion. This is Mr. Oh. Sophisticate on WGNU nine twenty AM. We'll catch you on the other side. <laughs> You, know, you can get an insurance quote anywhere. What people are really looking for is someone to help manage the risk of everyday life. And that's exactly what James Carlton State Farm does. He's also dangerously
3: handsome. He
0: has the
3: James Carlton has the best customer service in the game. You'll never get a voicemail, and you'll always get a great back rub. He has the softest hands. A strong sense of community is important to who he
2: is as an agent local school sponsorships and sandbagging during floods, it's paramount to be a part of the community. We, we love the car on his jet.
3: Guys, call 314-961-4800. Find them online at carltoninsurance.net. We love Well, hey, Steve. How you doing, buddy? Man, I've been pretty good. Well, that's good. Hey, you heard anything about them newfangled hemp oils they got now? I just don't know where to find a good one. Well, I find the best full-spectrum hemp oil from MoMedCanCo.com. Where? I get it from MoMedCanCo.com. Is it expensive? It don't cost two kittens' whiskers. And if you enter Hoso in the promo box, you're going to get yourself 15% off. Buddy, it sounds like we're squatting Tom cotton. Darn right we are. Where can I find them? You can find them online, MomedCanco.com, Missouri Medical Cannabis Company. Thanks, buddy. Yeah! Go Google it. I'm going to let those shingles down, girl, for you. I'm going to let those shingles down, boy, for you. I'm going to do some siding. Get you excited.
1: Jay's party siding. Google it. I'm going to for you. You know I make your neighbors crack, crack. Because hey, hey. we tell all the leaks go back, bye.
3: And you know we all
0: do the side.
3: Yeah. Guys, Lifetime Roofing. We're the best roofers in the game, best customer service. LifetimeSTL.com. Google them. A voice for all of St. Louis. We are
1: WGNU, 920 AM and 106.9 FM. Now, the
2: universe has been going on for an incredible long time. And so, really, a a satisfactory theory of the universe has to be one that's worth betting on. If you make a theory of the universe which isn't worth betting on, why bother? Just commit suicide. But if you want to go on playing the game, you've got to have an optimal
0: theory...
1: Steve and
3: Seth, I like your twisty little dark brain. This is the best show. I'm sorry, guys, and, and the comments. The comments. Let me get through them because everyone's like, "Great interview! That's the best interview I've ever heard." Oh my god, you guys are awesome. Steve really killed this interview, and that's a real quote. Um, God, it's, from, I, it's from Missy. We have so many quotes. I want to get to this quote by Michael, um, but I think we have so many. I don't even know if I can get back up to the top. We have so many quotes, so many, so many comments on our Facebook Live. You can catch us out on Facebook, Mycelial Media on YouTube, uh, Hoosiersophisticate.com I'm going to try to read these comments, uh, Craig. Keep going. There's so many. I got. I. I'm actually. I think
1: here. we got somebody on line one with a comment. It's our buddy. Uh, he hasn't called in for a while. Oh my god. No. I know. I told him it's cool. No. Alex. Alex Jones, Repent everybody. now. Repent <laughs> now. I know your mustache is cool. He's got little gold frame glasses. It's had nothing to You scared me so bad. Anything. Oh, I just. Oh, you just, scum. scum. Ooh, he'd love it. That's the. Those are the type of people that go to the cops yeah. in Oklahoma and say, "We'll kill your wives if you expose we did this." Did you have a question? And the cops I'll just roll over to it. Oh, you got a mustache? I'll just I... worship you. Oh, you got a mustache? That's actually, it's okay. true. Okay.
2: That's true. Actually, you've oh, been your there.
1: Demonic little mustaches. Nothing like against I mustaches. Take it, just oh, all these cops. You, homo- you homo- just
2: attack gang. mustaches for thirty mustaches.
1: seconds. Ah. <laughs> 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 That, okay, that hey we're, we're done taking calls. We're done taking calls. Because <laughs> he'll a, lie and say he's somebody else. As
2: a once proudly <laughs> mustachioed man, I, I felt attacked there for quite a while, actually. He really
1: went off on mustaches.
3: Guys, I'm on tilt because we have so many comments. I can't Give get to Give me a couple Michael. of just, just pick one. That was amazing. That was great interview. Uh, Jen, what's up? Uh, J- uh, here we go. Josh says, I, have, uh, I had a dream the other night about one of our uh, LS swinger friends. She has a tattoo on her waist with flowers and a... Couple small items, but I feel like I should maybe not be reading this. In my dream, it was a series of small squares and rows. I headed down there, yo, to, yeah, you know, but then started counting the squares. I woke up counting squares. I was sad. That's a dream. If we're talking about real dreams, you Michael told me to read something. Eight. You told me to read something. I read it. I didn't read it beforehand. Steven? Steve, that Coke depletes your magnesium. Tiffany, off my magnesium level. Very, very acidic
1: lady? drink you're having there, Good Steve. Now Lord. Michael, Michael chimes in with, uh, "I've had tons of psychedelic experiences. One led me to breaking into a pie shop okay. on the ground that I had to understand the eternal existence of the universe with pies." Yeah, apparently he broke in and he uh, into a pie store.
2: Did you know that oh, if sorry. you wanted to buy tickets to the cotillion, you could go to the website, but you're going to need a password, and in all caps, it says, "Get the coughing under control." That's a joke for all of the fr- all of the all of the patrons of the first cotillion. If you want a chance at the pre-sale, just get the coughing under control.
3: I uh, I don't get it. Elk, Zach.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. And that's just for us. That's a joke for us, for everybody that was at the Cotillion. Yeah, for people love inside jokes. That wants to come to the Cotillion this year, if you want to go there, you're going to emphatically type, get the coughing under control.
3: Really? Wow. So you guys have heard it. The Cotillion... We had some big news on it. It's, it's in a new le- area? Is that? Oh, buddy. I've got, a, I've got quite the journey uh,
2: laid out for all of us. I've got quite the little, quite the little uh, sh- tract of land uh, dedicated to this. And uh, it's going to be a, a group of the best friends making the best time in the best environment that you can possibly imagine. So get your tickets now. Click on the Hoosier Cotillion link at com. Get the coughing under control, all caps. And you can go buy your tickets right now.
3: Keep, let it run.
2: <laughs> um, Steve's a who guy. Happy
3: birthday to you. Happy birthday
2: to you.
1: Happy birthday, dear Diane.
3: Happy birthday to you. We happy have, birthday. Uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday to everybody. Now we gotta do it for everyone. So <laughs> thanks. Thanks a lot for roping some W that Anthony. Appreciate it. Guilt. Guilt trip. Um, I'm going to give that bottle of CBD, uh, the vape juice, to Michael Brooker. He had an unbelievable quote earlier. Uh, guys, the interactions have been phenomenal tonight. Again, support our sponsors. Um, Craig, can you tell us what the what the cotillion might be like? What For some of our fans who don't know, who might be wanting to, to buy tickets, yeah, man. is it like the bull float trip? Not even kind of.
2: Uh, this is a trip where we all kind of go down and we unplug from the world. Uh, we plug into each other, sometimes several times. Uh, we've got... Steve's got a little acoustic guitar. He's sitting around the campfire. He plays a little ditty or two, and then guess what? Old Jim Bob over here happens to tickle the strings a little bit himself. So then he picks up the pace. But really, Steve's pretty much you know the the main the main. Don't attraction. forget that if you
3: can play any instrument, do you, you're not welcome. We
2: invite everybody
3: to come you're not out not welcome. And if sing you're at the
2: top of your lungs and dance unabashedly throughout the woods in a place that is teeming with wildlife. It is it's it's a beautiful little stretch of Missouri. On the, on Saturday morning, we're going to get up, we're going to jump in some rafts, and we're going to float down the Big Piney River. We're going to float between the bluffs. Blah, 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 bluffs we gonna will. And we're going to look at all the eagles flying
3: overhead. Uh, check name, it all but out. I it's like it. It's a good, uh, good, good time. It's the Indian name. You, for you it. ever been fishing uh, down American. in the bobble- Uh It's the uh, uh, American name for it. Please be respectful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, when you took me down there for the first time, it was amazing. Uh, clear water. It's not the who's all. It's not uh, Ozark Outdoors. I don't even know if that's a place anymore. Um, We we do get a little wild. Um, Craig, I commend you on on your ability to kind of lead the group in a way uh, to kind of create space and create a vibe for everybody. Um, When you come up there, maybe you don't know anybody. I'll specifically call out Cynthia. We love her. She shows up. We could tell she was kind of maybe a little nervous. Everyone helped her get all of her stuff from her car to the campsite. It was such a beautiful experience to see. Just organic? Yes. This is a campsite filled with friends who maybe become family. Like, it is beautiful people all kind of on. It's a cult. God, I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting there. It's a sex cult. Yeah, it's, it's Spartan. There is maybe a uh, – we could reenact that on the bluff. On the bluff. Bl- 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 you can kick me off it. We won't do that. Um, but it's going to be a heck of a time. Get the coughing under control. Get the coughing
2: under control. All caps. Uh, figure it out from there. There's I only mean, so many tickets sold. And if they're all sold even before they go public, I'm sorry. But we're going to reward the people that listen to the show that have been waiting on the passcode. So uh, it's, it's an exclusive party. I don't know what to tell you. It's a cotillion. It's a ball. In the woods, yeah. and it's a who's your good time are we
3: are we missing anything? Do we have any news yeah man and notes? we do have news We got news and notes we got to get to? tomorrow What do we forget
2: tomorrow from noon to
3: five can't wait baby vFw
2: 3944 there is a free 420 event. this is cannabis 101 for anybody that might potentially uh, seek out being a patient or or try to be a caregiver for someone at home or just wants to know the ins and outs of the law. Uh, Lyndall Fraker from the DHSS is going to be there. Our buddy Blake Bell's going to talk uh, our friend Tiffany Jones she's George, gonna she's George gonna come Null. talk about the e c s the endocannabinoid system George nolan's gonna come talk about home grow um and Tom then our, our will be running around Tom Mundell will definitely be there and then our buddy chris Haney is gonna give a, a talk about uh fitness Bullshit. and cannabis and um and then also just what we can maybe do to to help mit, to help end this war on we're losing more veterans at home than we could ever imagine losing overseas we lose twenty two veterans a day um and what can we do to change it i don't think that can we don't think cannabis is the catch all cannabis just might be something that helps somebody it might be one of many tools right yeah. we talk about doing yoga doing mixed martial arts becoming a part of a mushroom foraging club just getting a sense of community Okay. Get, just <laughs> okay. a sense of... Okay. All right, yeah. Softball team last I'm time. Th-
3: mushroom <laughs> foraging club this time. Why not? I like where I'm, well, I'm thinking yoga about and mushrooms. the morals the right now. For-
2: I went and visited. I got some morel mushrooms. I ate some morel mushrooms yesterday. Right. And they were just... Mmm! They're so good. Are they? I've oh, never they, had fresh like, ones. They taste like chicken. Really? Yeah, you just sauté. You always little say little that. Water? No, like... People are obsessed with those things. Yeah, I mean, the, the, they're the texture they're is... the Game of Thrones of fungi. The texture is... Very good analogy. The texture is very meat-like. It's 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 it's, it's very know. good. I don't very, know if something's meat-like, like.
3: but I know it's not meat. Yeah, that's uh, a weird uh, thing. Uh, yeah, that's a weird thing. You got any plans for four twenty afterwards? You know, boys? i have got a. Why would I, I, I celebrate? I mean, what's to celebrate? Four twenty-eight <laughs> please? Hey, There's a lot just of uh, uh, events. April twentieth, Hitler's
1: birthday. Can I you gush? Is that where you're celebrating, sh- Steve? Can I, can I Persu- gush oh, all over you
3: guys? Yeah, please. Can I gush real quick? Hopefully, the Blues game. Okay. Embarrassing. Last night, what? what oh my! I was God. so happy for you. It was such a beautiful thing. Uh, from being irate in the first twelve seconds, we go down. Um, you know, to them scoring another one, which it seemed like an easy like. No one gets to the front of the net that easy in the playoffs. We let this guy Barbashev. You're just gonna watch him come through. Get get. Got to get hard in the dirty areas. You got to
2: get in the dirty areas. You got to bang bodies. I fell but,
3: asleep. It was two to one. But fifteen to c- minutes left. I was come, like, oh, they're losing. Oh, you even waited till two to one. Jeez. Um, I, pa- I do. I passed out. Okay. So, well, we ended up coming back with fifteen seconds left. Schwartzy, which is always so great. Schwartzy, and this is not for the sports fan. If even if you don't even pay attention to, to sports, whatever. Um, it was a spot on miracle. He. Has been struggling this season. Had a, had a killer last year, and has been working hard all year. You can never say the guy doesn't work hard. You can never say, "Oh, he's just out there mailing it in." He just w- hitting posts. Uh, you know, get a hat trick, get an empty net goal, and then go goalless for twenty games. And you're like, "And this guy was supposed to be a stud this year." I would have put him top twenty players last year. Like he was so good, and only getting better. So, he just never never given up, never given up. That's kind of the name of the is game. Has he even hurt? He, uh, he has. But, you know, with hockey, you kind of never know. Yeah. Right. I mean, imagine Upper taking a body injury. Imagine taking a slap hurt. shot off the oh, knee, okay. yeah. and it's kind of just always bruised. That's just, that's just how it's supposed to it, be. That's just, that's yeah. like Louis C.K. Walking the doctor's powerless. like, that's just your ankle now. And Louis C.K.'s like, what? <laughs> He's like, no, that's just it for you. Like, right. that's just it from here on out. So, for him to score that goal, a, a, a goal that if you give him 100 attempts, Maybe he scores it once or twice with a goalie in net, Like, the way the goalie was, was positioned, it went under his arm, and it was yeah. out of midair. So I'm talking to Oliver this morning, and he went to bed before the game was over, and I always give him the recap, and I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, we're doing the things. He's not interested. Um, he's doing the things. No, he's really he's, he's into it the next morning. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm showing him the replays and I swear Craig I'm the worst uh, as as I'm breaking this down about you know Shorts short does not give up man he doesn't, and Are you I choke it up I'm choking up I can't God even get the words out because you can hear uh John Kelly and Darren Pang their voices Darren Pang's yell go listen to the audio of Is this Darren his voice cracks <laughs> And John Kelly goes, at the end, he goes, this is crazy. That was his call. He like just goes, like, it reminded me of Mugatu. Like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. He's like, this is crazy. He didn't even know. And then we win a face-off. Yeah. Because I... A little part of me was like, "There's 15 seconds left. I could see them scoring here." But you know, we came out. And and the, the moral of that story to my son and to all of us is like, "Man, never give up." Because James Schwartz goes, "That's the greatest goal Warning, I've ever scored."
0: System hacked. Warning, system hacked. Countdown sequence initiated.
3: What a show, Craig! Evacuation. Security breach
0: detected. Your intelligence is under attack.
2: Guys, thank you so much for joining us again. We've had so much fun today. It is a blast when you guys are interacting with us. I couldn't get to all the comments.
3: 148 comments. It's a
2: beautiful little stream here. Thank you so much to Dr. Matthew Johnson. Johns Hopkins University researcher. I I want to find all. Of, I was taking notes during that interview, like a fiend. <laughs> Steve was like, "Man, you're pretty excited there. I've never seen you write so much." I don't think I've written that much uh, in an entire year. And I want to get all of these people on the show. I want I want to hear all of their stories. I want all of them to break it down. I want to make this as as a regular of a thing to talk about as you know how the weather is outside. You guys make that possible. You guys you guys add a little bit of normalcy to this whole thing. This is a, You guys are interested in the information, and we want to bring it to you. I want to thank our sponsors, MoMedCanCo.com. And our host, so at checkout, get 15% off everything site-wide. they got all kinds of new products, peanut butter, vape juice, massage oil. Go The check massage it out. oil works. The massage oil works. Uh, James Carlton State Farm, carltoninsurance.net, 314-961-4800. Wish guys, it was my dad. He will make your life better, period. Lifetime roofing and renovation.
3: Exterior roof, roofing, roof, roof. That's
2: how it goes. Just go Google them. LifetimeSTL.com. And our newest sponsors. Spiders and some mice.
0: Spiders and some mice. Oh so
3: yeah, spiders and some mice. Rose extermination. Give them that number, Steve. 314-8456101.
2: Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. We'll have a little bit of fun. Tune in to Hoosier Sophisticate. Go get your tickets for the cotillion. Get the coughing under control. We love you, St. Louis. Be well.